0: Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Loho, aka Lawrence Holmes, and I'm glad that you are here for today's podcast. I enjoy if you listen to the podcast before, you've heard me talk about the idea of money on the table. Like I enjoy any place that that I can watch competition where money's on the table. And last night I'm watching the 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 U.S. gymnastics and watching Simone Biles, and I'm just sitting there amazed by her. Gymnastics has always fascinated me. The idea of the mind telling the body to do that. And I had a couple of questions and I'm, I'm with my guest Maggie Hendricks. I'll I'll talk a little, I'll ask her the questions since she actually is covered gymnastics. But I just kept sitting there thinking what happens to these young ladies joints afterwards? And how 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 sway how? How are you able to do all of that? Simone Biles belongs in every conversation that we have about the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. Goat. Yeah. If you're someone who loves to have the goat conversation, there are two women that you can't leave out of it. Simone Biles and Serena Williams. Watching Simone Biles fly through the air as if she were shot out of a cannon, but she's really just shot out of her quads seeing her do this incredible choreography on the balance beam and then her floor exercise, which was, it's, it's not just fun and athletic. It's ridiculously dangerous is amazing to see the revolutions that she takes. So I I needed some help on this. So I thought I would call my buddy Maggie Hendricks who used to cover gymnastics actually still covers gymnastics to agree to a degree to help me through what I'm actually watching. So here's the thing about Maggie Hendricks. She's covered a little bit of everything. Yes, you hear her on Weekly with Julie DeCaro and you hear her talk about all sorts of stuff, but she has covered MMA, she's covered the NFL, she's covered college football, and she's also covered gymnastics. So When I said, I'm going to do a podcast today about gymnastics, I was like, call Maggie because she knows way more than you do about the subject. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. How are you? I'm doing really well. I was sitting there with my mouth agape yesterday watching Simone Biles do Simone Biles type stuff. Oh,
1: my gosh. I I. I sometimes I don't even know what to say. It's so, it's so amazing. I was sitting there watching with Pete, my husband, listeners, now you know his name is Pete. And I just kept like slapping him like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is <laughs> happening. And just kept hitting him on the leg again and again. And the thing is, is like, I've seen Simone in person. I've interviewed her. I've, I've, I've watched, Every bit of her career since uh, she won the first world title, and I think 2014 is either 2013 or 14, and she just still keeps amazing me every single time. So I mean, I mean, she's just she's just incredible. She we should all feel so lucky that we are alive at the same time she is competing.
0: Yeah, I agree, and and I I said in the intro that I feel like if you're having goat conversations about sports, period, that there are two women who belong on the list, Serena Williams and Simone Biles, because she has dominated not just U.S., but world gymnastics for quite a long time.
1: Yeah. She won, and I just looked it up, she won her first world title in 2013. It was six years ago, and this is gymnastics. This is a sport that beats the crap out of its its, uh, competitors in a way that honestly... No other sport does. I cannot think of another sport that beats people up quite like gymnastics does. And she has absolutely reigned at the top of it the entire time. Like, anytime she's in a competition, she's winning it.
0: Am I crazy for thinking that usually at 22, the the athletes age out of this sport?
1: Oh, absolutely. Allie Race, so, Allie Raisman did two Olympics, and... She said – she talked a lot about how just incredibly difficult and, and physically, like, how different the two Olympics were. And even when she did the 2012 Olympics, she was on the older side. So then the 2016 Olympics were really, really difficult for her. I mean, she still won gold medals. She was still amazing. But um, it is it's, – it's 22 is generally definitely a time when they are done.
0: Well, you brought up how difficult a sport it is. And I was watching last night, and I – I kept thinking because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about feet and stuff in sports over the last few weeks where, you know, Shaq's feet and then Antonio Brown's got frostbite on his feet. I kept thinking about joints. So since you've talked with athletes past and present in this sport, what what are, what are their bodies like after they're done competing from a joint standpoint?
1: Oh, man, they're getting they're getting knee replacements in their 30s. They're they're they are beat up. Um and the thing is, is a lot of them, you know, when a lot of top-level athletes, when they get out of the sport, a lot of them gain weight. I mean, we, you and I have seen it in, a, in plenty of athletes because you're not working at that same level anymore and you don't really realize it. And then you start eating and all of a sudden, wow. They are very careful about not doing that because their joints have already been beat up on so much that they don't want to add any extra stress to their, to their bodies. And so they, like, Kim Zmeskal, who was the who was like my favorite gymnast growing up, like was in the ninety two Olympics, the ninety one world champion. She had stayed basically as tiny as she was when she was competing. And I think a lot of that has to do with making sure that you're not in just chronic pain.
0: I wonder how you do that from a dietary standpoint, Maggie. Like I don't think I could I could handle those restrictions.
1: I don't think I could live in Chicago and do that, I'll tell you that. I mean <laughs> too much
0: good food here. No, we do. We are, and I'm sure that there's some great food in Texas where Simone grew up. I, I wonder, does USA Gymnastics now understand that that the most powerful woman in gymnastics has them in their sights and the fact that, that she's not going to shut up about some of the abuses that the athletes have taken?
1: Oh, yeah, they know. And they've been, I mean, she's already been the person, the voice that has made some of the changes that have already happened. For example, the Coroli Ranch, where all of these famous world, uh, you know, world team and, and Olympic team camps had been happening for years and years, and also the place where all these abuses had occurred. Um, it's like off in the middle of the woods somewhere in Texas. It's like, it incre- like there's barely a cell phone signal. It's incredibly off. And when after all of this information came out about Larry Nasser, They were still going to have another camp at this at the Coroli Ranch, and Simone put out one tweet and it got changed. So they they know that they they cannot do anything to piss her off. She is one of the few people that still has sponsors and is making money in gymnastics from sponsors. Like I I noticed last night as I was watching uh, on NBC some of the ads in it, you used to see a lot more high level like hotel ads and candy bar and, like, all these high-level ads. You were seeing a lot of ads just from, like, Olympic-specific stuff last night.
0: Mm, that, that is interesting. So do you think that USA Gymnastics has learned anything, or is Simone Biles and, and the, the athletes that are at the top of this sport going to have to keep pressure on?
1: I think, honestly, they have learned as much as a – as an in, like individual people have learned, but I feel like the institution is so um, set in a very specific way that there's only so much change that can come as far as this institution still exists. So I don't know if USA Gymnastics just needs to be shelved and and restarted or something, but I, I mean, you know, like we we've learned in every single. Thing every single ism in our country how hard it is to change institutions and that's what usa gymnastics and the ussc are so there's only so much i feel like individual people can do to change it
0: all right let's get back to simone and and her performance over this past weekend what the hell am i seeing maggie like the the triple double thing i watched the slow-mo version of that today on twitter and i'm still trying to figure out what happened that is incredible
1: yeah, so, I mean, basically, she, I mean, it's on a spring floor. And if you've ever been on spring floors, they're super fun to be on. But they don't really give you so much bounce that, like like a trampoline. Um, but from from a, a round-off back handspring, which is generally the takeoff for most backwards flips, she flips twice and twists, does a full-body twist three times. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's not even, you don't even think, like, that doesn't even make sense. How do you – how? How does somebody do that? I mean, doing two bat, two flips and one twist is still incredibly difficult. It's still elite gymnastics. Doing two twists still elite gymnastics. Doing three twists and being the size that Simone is, it just is – I mean, it's just is incomprehensible.
0: Didn't she do something uh, historic on the beam too? Yes.
1: And she didn't do that last night. She did it Friday night. Friday night, um, and that was Friday night. She did that, uh, and it ended the competition for her. And for Simone on Friday, she kind of had a crappy night. Um, she actually said that as she came off of one of her of the bars. Um, but she finished with a first time in history dismount, which was coming off the beam, which is four feet up. She flipped twice and twisted twice. So she did a double-double. And, again, that's never been done in history in a competition ever in the entire world.
0: From what you've you've learned of covering these athletes, how how does that happen? Like, how does a routine happen where you say, you know what, I think I might be able to get a third twist out of my body? Is that something that the athlete brings to their coach or the coach brings to the athlete?
1: A little bit of both. Um, This time, they were talking about this a little bit on NBC last night. Simone's coaches, which are different than her, coaches, her coach from the first uh, 2016 Olympics, because that coach moved to Florida, and, I mean, it was all fine, but she just moved to Florida, so Simone didn't want to move with her. Um, when this, these coaches said, I think you can get one more twist in there, and she thought at first, no, you're crazy, I can't get one more twist in there. But there's a lot of times, too, like most athletes, most gymnasts, I should say, have the ability to do more than you're seeing at competition. They can do things in practice that are great. They just can't do it consistently. And so they would never put it in a competition routine because they, you know, they're, they don't want to end up screwing up. I, so, so A lot of times people can do, can do crazy things. But the thing that's nuts about Simone is she takes these crazy things that you do into a foam pit or just like for fun and puts them in competition. And that's, like, that's just, that is what is so bizarre and insane about it.
0: When I was watching, and I forget the young lady's name who fell, like she fell face first. And I know that Simone had a, had a couple of those uh, moments where she fell too, but her level of difficulty is so high that she's going to get high scores regardless. I kept thinking about the overcoming of fear in, in this sport and how how brave these these young ladies have to be to try some of this stuff, be and yes, it, you have the, the spring floor, they throw out the mat for some of the big tricks, all of that stuff, but still the idea of literally landing on your face after being yeah. 7 to 10 feet up in the air has got to be
1: terrifying. I mean, that they and, and just realize that every time you see them do it well, they have fallen hundreds of times practicing to try to get it that way. Figure skating is a sport where that happens too. Like every time you see something land, know that to make it land, somebody had to fall many, many times to get to that point. They had most most gymnasts I know have a little bit of a daredevil stripe to them. They you know they like that. They like pushing and the adrenaline and all that. Um, but there's all the fear thing that I always always look for. And if I could write a book on this, I would. I, is about, like, athletes who come back from injury. There's, down, like, the athletes who come back from injury and then, then go out and do that thing again. Like, there was the girl, Sumi Lee, uh, who was amazing on the bars last night. She had just fractured her, had a fracture in her femur. And she still came back. And, and I think you either have it or you don't, that you become that person that you're like, yeah, I know I broke my leg doing that, but I'm going to go do it again. Or you're like, no, I broke my leg doing that. I'm done. I would be that person. But I think that, that a lot that successful gymnasts have that thing of like, how dare you leg break on me for this? We're going to make this work and just go at it. And it's, it's slightly insane. But I, I, think we, I think you and I both know that professional athletes generally have a little bit of insanity to them.
0: Yeah, Lindsey Vonn has that thing.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Lindsay Vaughn is someone who, who just boggles my mind that she has been injured back and forth and back and forth again and still is like, yeah, but I want to get back out there on slopes. Like, I, I don't understand that at all, but I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not a professional athlete. Well, it, I mean, it, it's really the
0: only reason to tell you the truth. Yes. I mean,
1: Absolutely I, the only reason. I,
0: I've met you. I mean, you're ready to go. I mean, you've got a floor routine ready right now. In
1: my head,
0: I do. <laughs> we all do in our head. Well, Maggie, this was great. Thank you for uh, educating me on gymnastics. And Simone Biles is just – i she's a stop-and-watch athlete, you know? Like, it, yeah. I, I was just sitting there like – I was flipping channels like, oh, oh, it's Simone Biles. I will watch this because I know that I might see something I've never seen before. And, in fact, I did see something that I had never seen before.
1: And that nobody had seen before. So, that's the best part. Yeah, Pete – Pete said, "I don't really want to watch gymnastics. Just like I'm just going to play on my phone, but make sure I know when Simone's going. I mean, that's that's the kind of knife that she gave.
0: And I think that might be the the type of athlete that she is too. So thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I will talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Lawrence. That is Maggie Hendricks, and what we're talking about, like that that thing of I don't know much about gymnastics, but I want to watch her. You know." I want to see that because she's elite. She's going to do something that's really really special. That's what sports is. Where where you're just sitting there going wow. And on a on a slow Sunday night where both of the baseball teams that I cover have played already in the day and I'm looking around for some competition and then you get Simone Biles, that's pretty magical. I appreciate you listening to today's podcast. I have something fun for you tomorrow.